Welcome to Stu and Pete's Conversations. I'd like to thank you all for coming out tonight. All 35,000 of you. All right, uh, let's move into a little segment we call Stu's Journal. So Stu uh, keeps a journal, uh, basically, of his life. It's kind of like an autobiography, you'd say, Stu? Yeah. Yeah, it's all true stories. All true stories, um, stuff that's happened to him. And uh, he hands his journal over to me, and I pick uh, a piece and read it. So this one today is called Garbage Karma. I walked home from Prince of Wales High School with my headphones on. As I was about to come across the train tracks, a piece of garbage fell out of my pocket. I leaned over to pick it up. When I stood up, the train whisked right past me. It occurred to me, if I hadn't picked up that piece of paper, then I probably would have walked right in front of the train and possibly been killed. That's what I get for caring about the environment. I didn't attribute any of that to good luck. I thought it was karma rewarding me for being environmentally friendly. I think I'll walk home the rest of the way without my music in. Yeah. So you think you saved your own life there? Well, it was a big fluke. I don't know what I would have done had that garbage not fallen out. I mean, I might have just taken another step. I definitely couldn't hear the train. And when I stood up, I remember it just the, you know, just seeing it going, Woof, and it was like right in front of me, you know, closer than you are to me right now. So obviously you don't believe in God or faith or any of that. No. But I don't. do you think it was strange <laughs> how the piece of garbage came out of your pocket? Yeah. And you're attributing it to karma. So does that mean you believe in karma? No, I don't really believe in karma. I, I think I was just I, I was just kind of joking around with myself going, well, you know, that's what I get for caring about the environment. But really deep down, I don't think that that was anything to do with karma. I think that was just pure luck. Had I been a little bit more unlucky that day, my, my uh, lack of uh, paying attention to what's going on around me, could have easily gotten me very badly injured or killed. So just a nice little coincidence, I guess. Now, yeah. I'm just wondering why you would have walked directly into a, a, the path of a, an oncoming tra- a possible oncoming train, even without the garbage. Like, you just... Like, was there not a, a, a drop-off there? No, there's no drop-off. It's, um, it's just a train track going through Caresdale. Let me think where it is. Near Arbutus Street. Let me just think. There's no, no like, little oh. wall or anything like that. And the train would only come by like once a month. So it was very rare. Right, it was pretty rare to see that train coming by. Yeah, I was never looking for it. And it just happened to come by at that particular moment. And obviously you're rocking out to whatever tunes you got going on. You probably zoned out on that. Uh Not really using uh, one of your other senses, sight, which is good for picking out trains when they're coming at you. But I was looking, see, I'm I'm walking perpendicular across it. So I would have had to turn my head to the right and look. (laughs) And I was just looking straight. And I saw no train because it was coming from the right. So, yeah. I can, I can definitely back up the story that you wouldn't have seen the train because I've known you for over 20 years now and you definitely can space out pretty easily. And when we were younger kids, um, I think you would space out a lot. Yeah. I had sleep apnea, so that's probably why. <laughs> I have, now I have a machine. I think you got a really good overactive imagination. You just get inside your head. True, that's and true. And you're, you're living inside your head for whatever moments. I think... We could probably even have a conversation and a bunch of people in the room and for five minutes, and then you kind of go, what? what are you guys talking about? Yeah, but I, I do blame that a little bit on the sleep apnea. I mean, I would kind of just kind of start daydreaming because I didn't get my rapid eye movement because I wasn't breathing properly at night. I didn't realize that until I was 32. Do you have a sleep apnea machine now? Yeah, and it pumps the oxygen in. How's that working oh, for you? Pretty well. Sound like a baby? I just, I, yeah. 
I don't even have steam apnea, but I kind of want that. Yeah. I, uh, like last night, I slept at my parents' place because I was too drunk to drive home and I was cheaper to cab to my parents' place. Responsible man. Yeah. So, you know, I want some points for that. Thank you. Saved some <laughs> lives there on the road. Saved your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my parents were and continue to be so proud. Yeah, they, they really are. And they love this show. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so... But I, I totally remember my dreams because I wake up because I stop breathing in the middle of my sleep, which is actually kind of bad, right? And I can, and then I wake up and I can remember all these dreams, like frustrating things, like where I'm swimming and I'm under the water and I can't breathe, and then I'm like, what? and then I wake up and I'm, and I'm like, you know. So it's, uh, it's not, it's not good for you if you have it. You, know? you do you keep a dream journal? No, mm. I don't even remember my dreams anymore because I go into the deep dream and I get the rapid eye movement. And then I come out of it, but I don't remember them. Because I'm not getting woken up in the middle of my dreams. So there's no possibility of getting a dream journal from you. I would love to know what goes on inside oh. your head when you're dreaming. Well, I could. Well, when I don't wear my machine, I start to remember them. Because, I get, because again, I wake up in the halfway through. I woke up... I, um, you know how dreams are very strange? They kind of fascinate me the way the logical part of your brain just kind of shuts off. And you don't notice. At least mm-hmm. So I, I think I was telling you about the one I had where I owned a hotness mine. Now, I don't know what that really means. <laughs> what? No, remember I was... The, it doesn't make sense, okay? All right, let me just... There's this sexiness. Stu's dream journal. Yeah, this is something where I owned a mine of sexiness of hotness, <laughs> right? And this doesn't make sense, but it was almost like sexiness and hotness were like a mineral that you could get out of the rock, right? So I had all these people with their pickaxes, like, hacking away at the rock. Mostly women, <laughs> right? And they were just normal looking at the beginning. And throughout this interview, I was doing an interview, they're like... Why are you becoming so hot? And I'm like, well, it's obvious. I own the hotness. <laughs> and then uh, there's all these people hacking away at the, the rock trying to get at the hotness. And it was almost like hotness was like a mineral, like gold. doesn't make any sense. But my logical part of the brain that would realize that is like shut off during dream time. You know what it's like, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I've dreamt you, before. <laughs> you, walk out, you walk out the door and you're in Hawaii and then you go back in and then you're in, Austra- you're, you know, uh, in Alaska. It doesn't make any sense, right? So this makes sense to me at the time. And... The girls who were, you know, hacking away with the pickaxes were slowly becoming sexier and sexier as they were getting more and more hotness out of the rock. And they, and they were, by the end of the interview, they were in bikinis and they were just the biggest smoke show hotness girls you've ever seen. My and biggest I question is... They were my employees. My, then, my biggest question, why weren't they naked? Well, I don't know. They were just... Maybe it was socially unacceptable for the news. I don't know. But throughout the interview, they went from normal clothes to bikinis, and they were getting hotter and hotter. And I... I did have my shirt off by the end of the interview somehow. I had it on in the beginning, and without taking it off, it was just not there. And I had ripped abs. And everyone was staring at them. And I'm like, that's what happens when you own a hotness mine. And then I woke up, and I'm like, what the hell was that? That's awesome. So that's uh, Stu's journal, and also a little added uh, Stu's dream journal. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that, Stu. No problem. 